0: The parable in our reading from the Gospel this morning only appears in Luke. Luke uses stories in his Gospel to get to the heart of things. They're simple stories with a profound point. Tough questions are handled very clearly. These parables have helped to preserve Jesus' message and enable us, centuries later, to reflect on his teaching. They come to mind in vivid detail. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. These stories are just as powerful now and can identify still with some of the issues that we face today. In this passage, we find Jesus getting a bit testy. And not with the Pharisees, not with the rich or powerful, but with his friends, the disciples. Lord, increase our faith, the apostles ask. It's almost a demand, isn't it? And it's an understandable request, given what Jesus has been teaching. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Forgive even when you're not, it's not deserved. Give without expecting anything in return. Be ready to take up your cross. And earlier in the Gospel, in Luke, when one man is asked to follow him, he asks to go and bury his father first. And Jesus tells him to go and proclaim the kingdom instead. Another wants to say goodbye to his family. That's refused as well. Discipleship is urgent and must be put first. This is the cost. Anyone who does not give up everything, he cannot be my disciple, Jesus tells him. So discipleship is hard stuff. In the light of this, is it any wonder that the apostles desire a greater faith? Following Jesus is not for the faint-hearted, Jesus responds to their request with a touch of irritation, telling them that even with a small amount of faith, they could command a mulberry tree to uproot itself and replace itself in the sea, and it would obey. And then he makes a comment about a servant, which in view of his overall ministry seems a bit off. for Jesus wasn't in the habit of speaking unkindly about slaves or people of low status. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus reserves his harshest criticisms for the proud, those needing to be brought down a peg or two. Again and again, we see him lift the humble and humble the proud. So what point might Jesus be making to his disciples here, with his comment about the servant? I think it's safe to assume that there was some sense of pride and entitlement at work in this request made by the disciples, to warrant such a response from Jesus. And what was the mulberry tree all about? Who on earth would want to demonstrate their faith by doing something so bizarre? Maybe Jesus was even using humor to bring them down to earth a bit because they were asking for an upgrade and supernatural powers because that's what they were doing. They had got perhaps a little more preoccupied with the signs and wonders their master had been performing. At one point they would wanted to call fire down from heaven to destroy those that did not welcome (coughs) Jesus. He didn't respond to that request either. But the signs and wonders performed by him in the Gospels always had a point. They were constructive. They healed, they liberated, they fed, blessed, restored, and comforted. And more specifically, these miracles were a signpost to the power of God and the mission of Jesus Christ here on earth to show the purpose of the kingdom he was bringing into being. Jesus is rather trying to show the apostles that in the daily acts of faithfulness and obedience, this will be how the kingdom will be grown. One carefully tendered grain of mustard at a time, not another superloading of faith. It's a helpful as well as realistic contrast, this extraordinary idea of uprooting a mulberry tree with the work of a servant who tends sheep, works the land, plants seeds, and then makes supper. The meaning of this parable is quite clear. When somebody has done what God expects, he or she is being obedient to God And we don't deserve thanks for this. It's our responsibility, even duty to God. We're doing what we should be doing, so there's no thanks, extra thanks. And it seems Jesus is telling the disciples that if they have enough faith to be faithful, that is enough. Get on with it, he's implying, and make it work. After all, faith is a gift. Do we have any business telling God we don't have enough? When God always gives us enough to be faithful, to do his will. Enough to make it work. Maybe the mistake made by the apostles isn't the request for more faith, but in thinking they don't have enough. Thinking that God's gift to them was insufficient that he's shortchanged them. Maybe it is in our human nature to think we don't have enough, that we never have enough, and that we always want more. The shocker here being that these guys were in the very presence of Jesus and still they wanted more. It may have well been something else. At this stage, the disciples were so lacking in confidence that they thought that if their faith was supercharged, they would be able to do the things expected of them more easily. We're not unlike the disciples, are we? How often do we tell ourselves, if only I had more faith, I could do something impressive. I'd never struggle with doubt. I wouldn't be so apprehensive. I'd now be appreciated. I'd finally know I'm right. It would finally all make sense. Is there anyone here who hasn't struggled with these doubts? The thing is, we are wasting an awful lot of energy with these thoughts. We do when we fret. And in Psalm 37 this morning, we hear an awful lot about fretting. Sure, it's to do with evil and fretting because evil men and wicked men get away with it. But it's just the same thought, that when we fret, something happens inside us. We burn sometimes. We're miserable. We get in a state. Because we're fretting. And it's taking up all that energy that we could be using on something else. And in the psalm, God tells us, don't fret. Because it will all, you could say, even out in the wash. It will be all right. And you fretting is not gonna make any difference. (laughs) And we are not, any of us, in a competition trying to win a cup or a rosette for being the best Christian the one who has the most faith. What good would this be? How useful would it really be? I would think about as useful as uprooting a mulberry tree and planting it in the sea. Faith is always a risk, a gamble, and adventure. The line between faith and doubt, or should I say frontier, is our point of action. And I think, like in the old days, we're called to get in our wagons and go for it. We don't need certainty in an outcome to obey, to try to make something happen, just the willingness to risk being wrong. Again, something none of us likes very much. And when we doubt we have enough faith, like the disciples, we need to check that it is not more faith we need, but obedience. So even if the Lord has given us faith, just the size of a mustard seed, we can make it work. Let us pray. Lord, like the disciples, we sometimes doubt our abilities to serve you. Help us to have the right focus, not on needing more faith, but instead on obedience and humility. Help us to accept God's complete trustworthiness, because it is not about how much faith we have, but about having faith in the living God and his gift of faith to each one of us. It is enough. Amen.